0: Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Brian James Miller. welcome everybody to another episode of the excellence mindset podcast Uh, we are in exciting and interesting times today and uh, sometimes we don't even get to plan for the conversations that we have i really don't very often on my podcast other than uh, knowing who my guest is going to be uh, but uh, every so often we get this coincidence of a lot of things colliding right in the right moment and uh, so that, uh, that gets to happen today, and so I'm really excited to have uh, Joy uh, McAdams with me today. She's the Chief Relations Officer for MedSnake Media, and so welcome, Joy, to the Excellence Mindset Podcast.
1: It's so good to be here, and even before we turned on, we were talking about when you scheduled this podcast, like, the world has completely changed, you know, from that moment into this day. Who even knew Uh, you know, how much the world was going to change. So this is good timing. and, And I'm with you. I like organic and on the fly. So, you know, let's just have a real conversation here. That's what really resonates with people.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you know, obviously we'll still be in this to some degree by the time this goes live, but we're recording on Friday, March 27th. This will go uh, live in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, so as so many people know, we are in the midst of the pandemic of COVID-19, the coronavirus, and it has thrown every single one of our lives for just such a loop in so many different ways. I mean, obviously we are watching the devastation of people Mm -hmm. die. Is the result of this disease? Uh, if not, they are in just dire uh, health conditions if that 's not the case, economically, people are just being ruined. It seems on a day in and day out basis with jobless claims now at an all time high, the stock market in the United States is uh, is on a roller coaster that no stomach could ever seem to hold. So before though we get to the medical side of this world, which I'm really interested to hear uh, how your experience has been, especially over the last couple of weeks. I also know uh, from observation, we've been connected online for a little while. This is the first time we've had a chance to talk, but uh, I know that you are a mom and you are a wife. Uh, You are a fitness enthusiast. You've done, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, an Ironman, correct? Uh, or maybe more than one, and yeah. so uh, so I'm interested to know first because uh, I'm actually going to be uh, hosting a, a webinar here pretty shortly after we record on work-life balance. And so, in the midst of your professional life, calling probably you to a lot of time and responsibility because of what's happening. How do you first take a step back and kind of assess how you triage uh, your your own family and your own personal responsibility?
1: Well, I'll say, first of all, um, I I truly, looking back now, I'm so thankful for 2019 because it has prepared me for what we're going to face this year. 2019 for me was just a tremendous amount of growth. Um, It started off with challenging myself, wanting more focus, wanting to grow my business. I felt at a rut. It started off with challenging myself to do a full marathon, which I had never done and that journey just launched my whole year both physically and professionally um you know because you know when you're training physically your your mindset is what's growing as well and that Mm -hmm. translates to every aspect of your life and i really got hooked on the correlation between challenging yourself physically the mindset you grow the mental strength you grow and how you're able to carry it on and once your mind and mindset and physically you start growing, there's no end. And that's how I ended up by the end of the year doing a full Ironman, which I didn't even know how to swim, you know, like, you know, competitively <laughs> swim at the beginning of that year. So to go, if you would have told me the beginning of 2019, what I would be doing by the end of 2020, I would have said, you're crazy. Like that's, there's no way, but it okay, was, wait, was, hold on a minute.
0: I, I, you <laughs> snuck that in there. So your goal at the beginning of 2019 was to run a marathon, which is right, bananas in most pe- most people's eyes. Yeah, anyway. yeah,
1: it was to me too. Yeah, but, it was to me. But too.
0: by the end of 2019, you had not just run the marathon, but you had also completed an Ironman.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, it's crazy. What it's- the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so let me let me give you the quick rundown. It's something like I feel like I talk about it over and over, and I'm like, I don't want to like bog people down. But you're right; a lot no, of people no. still haven't heard the story. So basically, the beginning of the year, I went back and saw, because I ran a 9.3 when I was four years old, which um, is crazy, but not really. Because physically, four-year-olds, they have the energy, right? You have kids, you know that. That's that's not the impressive thing. The impressive thing was that a four-year-old had the focus. Hmm. and wanted to train and and did that because it took me like three hours I think I mean actually my poor dad was the hero running next to me (laughs) but you know so I I was flipping this was this was December I was flipping through old pictures I saw my little four-year-old's face I think I I put it up on LinkedIn and I was like that focus that Hmm. focus I need that and that's what launched the idea what would be a challenge for me? I thought, oh, I'll do a half. No, that's not enough of a challenge because I was still physically fit, but just your normal 30 minutes a day weight training, you know, like, so I said, no, it's going to have to be a 26.2. And I trained for that. It was the, it was in Hawaii. Um, It was beautiful, but it was the most challenging thing. And I was so afraid, so scared as we drove up the mountain that morning. And as the bus kept going, I kept thinking, we're running this. This is insane. And, you know, through that journey, I I got to a part where I wanted to quit. I wanted, you know, to give up. But I pushed myself through that. And, And through that, I grew mentally. So then as the next day, it was a downhill course, which sounds easy, but if you know anything about muscles and physiology, it's actually harder because it's using both sides of your muscles. You're going faster than you're used to training. So by mile 10, my legs were shot and I was like, I still have 16 more miles to go. (laughs) So anyway, but you push through that and I learned so many lessons. So the next day I can barely walk. Um, My husband really hadn't seen the coast of Hawaii. So we did a helicopter tour and while we're on the helicopter tour, the pilot says, so joy what's next in Man as we're flying over the Kona coast. And I was like, Oh shoot. Why did he say that? <laughs> because, because, you know, I had been thrust into this growth mindset and you and I both know that when you're in that growth phase, anything thrown at you, any challenge is like, you know what? I need to do that. Yes. I need to. And so that's what propelled me. I mean, I had to learn how to swim. I had to learn how to cycle. I tanked my first like tiny little triathlon. I was crying. I was the last person. It was horrible. <sighs> And my husband was like, are you you really want to do a half, you know? And I was like, I have to. So I trained for that. Once again, I was terrified the night before. Like, I couldn't sleep. I was so terrified. And then when I did that and I accomplished the half, I was like, that's it. I have to do a full. I have to. Like, I just have to. And I knew that that was my last calling for the year physically. And so I trained and I did the full in Cozumel. And the really unique thing there is the night before, my biggest one, because, you know, a full is a 2.4-mile swim, and which swimming was still the biggest challenge for me in the ocean. So 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, so it was three times around the island, and then you end it with a marathon, a full 26.2. And when I got to the race the night before, here's what changed, and here's when I knew I had grown to the level I needed to. I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared. I was respectful of the challenge and how hard it was going to be. But that's a big difference to be in a panic and a state of fear, as opposed to saying, you know what, this is going to be hard, but I respect what it's going to take. I'm, I prepared. I know it's going to take everything, but I'm going to do it. And that's where we are in this day and age, the things we're facing, you know, it's like, we don't need to be in fear and panic. We need to be in a respect for what it's going to take to get done. It's going to be hard. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get gritty, but, you know, we got to respect what it's going to take. And so that mindset also, if I were to parallel that to as I, I grew my business that whole year, it was the same story. Mm-hmm. It was the exact same story. And the confidence that comes with doing that type of thing. I mean, it, it just, it changed me. And now yeah, if you started a business
0: in the middle of 2019 as well, correct?
1: Right. It was a long and grew. I mean, my business my income and everything grew around the same rate as I was doing these challenges, which is why I'm so hooked on. It's so important to to challenge yourself physically because it's going to affect your, your professional life too. And it was the same amount of growth. When you think of going from never running a marathon to doing an Ironman financially, it's been the same jump from, you know, and so I'm in this state now and I know now that God kind of placed that on my heart because I was going to need all that grit and stamina and confidence to make it through 2020 now. I mean, we're already seeing that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I have to go back to this. Um, First of all, um, everybody should be giving virtual rounds of applause. If you don't understand what it takes to endure, like, you know, we know people do um, Ironman. We, we see it on TV. It's like, wow, that's a lot. Uh, but I think Joy, what you said was so uh, was so big, which was everybody t- talks about the whole thing, and yet for m- the majority of people swimming that distance there's no relief right there's no like stop and take a break like you sink and so uh so that's huge so there should be rounds of applause there um but what something I heard you say so when I talk about fear a lot of times I talk about um bad fear and good fear in the sense that there's this fear that debilitates us it cripples us it just it causes panic all these things but there's this good fear that can fuel us but you you said something else there around instead of having fear of the situation really having respect for it so have you been able to articulate that as you're communicating it to other people in a way that people can begin to really see the difference there
1: yeah and that's been my biggest biggest takeaway that applies to so many aspects of our life is you have in the moment when things are going wrong or you see this big challenge you know we get this flood of energy within us right Mm -hmm. that it's either going to make us panic and flip out and and have this emotional drainage or we can take that same flood of emotions and channel it differently into creativity innovation Mm -hmm. you know grit to fuel what we need to come up with solutions to come up with being creative, to come up with the courage to face whatever it is. And, you know, I work on that a lot with my youngest child. We have a podcast together that we do, but she's the type that would always go into that, that panic mode when something yeah. went wrong. And we have had to teach her to redirect that into solution mode and to, you know, let, let's use that energy to come up with a solution to the problem instead of just sitting here throwing up your hands and panicking. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's going to get us nowhere. It's going to get us nowhere. Yep. So, you know, that, that lesson goes to so many aspects of life and it's what I truly saw and learned through all of 2019. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I was on that journey.
0: Okay. So, uh, you started business in the middle of the year, uh, last year, which again, I mean, normally we would say like. 2019 was a pretty good year economically. It seemed like it, it made a lot of sense, but you were already stepping through a lot of challenge. Uh, so you decide to jump into business for yourself. You had been in the medical field for years prior to that, uh, but what, what was the desire to finally uh, go into business for yourself uh, in this specific space?
1: Well, I was already pretty much like an independent company contractor for a lot of different clients uh but through the course of being on linkedin i met two other ladies who were kind of in the same space as what i did but in just different aspects of it okay so we saw that we were kind of throwing each other referrals and clients because you know a client would come to them and it wasn't a service they offered but it was a service i offered and we were just swapping clients and it was like hey we need to just join forces together here and make a you know collaboration front that way we can go into a client and say we offer this, 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 and this, the full mm. package, which is very much needed in healthcare. And we were able to join inform and then obviously you know as a team you can accomplish so much more. Yeah. And that, you know, that teamwork is what just helped everything for all of us financially explode and do so much better um, you know, in even individually and plus, you know, just the aspect of being out there more and, and that that teamwork front. So I mean All of that was going on in 2019, which is just, it it totally paralleled my growth physically as well. So uh, yeah, it was great.
0: So it's three of you that are equal partners in this business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And so these were people that it sounds like you were only connected to online or no, you knew beyond that.
1: No, well, we initially met on LinkedIn, and then we, uh, because one of them is here in Atlanta, not too far from myself, and the other one's down in um, South Florida, Mm -hmm. so then we did end up meeting up, and, um, you know, meeting each other all in person, and and then as we had new clients, and we're flying there, I I picked up, you know, quite a few clients in South Florida as well, so I was coming to South Florida, Mm -hmm. we were, so we were, so then we ended up being together all the time, and then, you know, forming a personal, in-person relationship too. And it's just been an amazing, amazing journey because, um, you know, you can glean off of each other's um, strengths and yeah. and then they can make up for your weaknesses. So teamwork is definitely where it's at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's super interesting. You know, when I hear um, this desire in people to become entrepreneurs, to start businesses, so many people <clears throat> are... Unfortunately, and and I think that I don't think that it's necessarily their fault, but they're thinking very narrow. And so they're thinking about like, what business can I start? How can I earn an income? They don't think bigger to begin with, which, you know, what you said is so powerful. I mean, I've been in business for uh, nine years now, and pretty much solely independent. Ah, uh, what I've been able to do is to build some really strong strategic partnerships that become almost like a part of my team. But really, for me, the next iteration is beginning to now hire to build out an actual team that that is working with me uh, because it takes right. so much of the burden off it it provides a lot more collaboration. it helps you know to to shore up a lot of space that. Um, um, that that you're missing, so I think that's fantastic. Okay, so you you decide to come together, so you have a business, each one of them has a business, and so what does the business look like today, uh, and what is that service that you're typically offering uh, to healthcare providers?
1: Sure, and our team has obviously grown, you know, to a lot larger than that. Um, you know, we each have other people that are helping us because you can't do it all. But uh, so pretty much it, it looks like this. So we can go into a medical practice. And when it comes to because here's I, I thoroughly enjoy working with physicians, especially the private practices. Um, private practice is crucial to the ecosystem of healthcare because there's competition. Uh, you know, they're going to, and whenever there's competition, you're going to have good service. So, you know, to, to totally simplify it, that's why I'm passionate about the private practice. We also need the big healthcare systems as well. But when you have the, the combination of the two, it, it makes for a very healthy ecosystem within yeah. healthcare. And then patients end up winning, which is what we want. So the problem is these are businesses, though, at the end of the day. They're business. And they're so busy, so many of them taking care of their patients and being in the clinical space that they don't have time to focus on some of the business aspects mm-hmm. of it. Um, one of them being the area of marketing. And for me, my passion is building out physician um, relations programs because if they have a marketing budget, before they go through that to target the consumer, my goal when I go in there is to say, let's reach your referrals first, right? Because mm-hmm. that's where their business is coming directly from, is from all the referring physicians. Yep. So say you have a GI group. They need the family, the internal, you know, the women's clinics, um, you know, some of the surgical to send to them. So, so many times I'll go into these big practices, their numbers have fallen, they're ready to just throw money into traditional advertising. And I'm like, well, let me see that budget. <laughs> let me, you know, let me hire a rep. Um, let me work with you to set up this plan. Let me see your list of referring physicians. And I'll go to the top of the list. This person has been sending them hundreds and hundreds of patients. And all of a sudden, the numbers have gone down and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you, you talked to them or met with them? And nine times out of 10, they say, oh, we've never met them in person. And I'm like, okay, that's business 101, right? I mean, that's business 101. Let's get out there. Let's find out what's going on. Let's let them know that we appreciate everything they've been doing all this time. And so many times when you set up a program, it's not rocket science. You just set up this relationship building program you can find out well you know maybe they were having a hard time getting through the call center and they just got frustrated so they started sending somewhere else or maybe their patients were not getting you know having to wait 3 months to get an appointment okay well we need to work on our same day appointments so there's all these little things that have translated to losing hundreds and thousands of dollars that can mm-hmm. easily be fixed and so i really encourage them to put their money to where the solution is going to come almost immediately and when i say almost immediately almost immediately within a couple weeks you know, the referrals are back. And then what happens is they end up growing and then we end up opening new practices, new locations, and then the practice just totally takes off. And like I said, it's it's nothing rocket science. It's just back to the basics of relationship building. So that's what I do. That's my specialty. I also dabble with their Facebook, social media, PR, that type of thing. And then Courtney comes in, Courtney Herring, and she works on the billing aspect, helping get, getting, you know, making sure they're up to speed with everything they need to be doing there to be efficient. And then Shanae is really good at the copywriting um, and a lot of the social media type of marketing. So as a team, we can come in and offer these practices like a whole package of what they need. And then, you know, they can trust us knowing that we all work together and we'll figure it out for them. And it translates to growing their revenue significantly. And, um, you know, that's so that's in a nutshell what we do. And it's it's so incredibly fulfilling.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, so I, I appreciate that you said a couple of times, you know, that it's not rocket science. Um, at the same time, I mean, we can all agree there's nothing new under the sun. The same things that we're doing today, though there are different mediums and, and methods by which we do it. You know, it's the same stuff that's been going on for years and years. I, I think what's unique is that um, you found a way to communicate that value proposition to those physicians uh, to begin to build trust and understanding, uh, that, that then you can go in and do what you need to do. Because what I feel is in the few times I've worked in the, in the uh, medical space on the physician side of things, even just talking to doctors, um, this is not a knock against them, but they are just very, very business challenged, right? They didn't go to school to run a business. They went to school to be a physician. And so (laughs) nobody taught them how to, set their business up, or how to market their business, or sell, or um, uh, ensure great customer experience. You know, it's just all they did was, hey, I have a passion, I I don't want to be a part of, I have a lot of negative opinion against the large hospital systems, but uh, I don't want to be a part of the large system, and so I want to go into business for myself, but then they kind of get off on their own, and and they're on an
1: island. Right, 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 and it's challenging. It's so challenging so, so and, and and you're right it's about it's it's just about building that relationship and trust which is the the need that like we haven't even i mean we have a website but we haven't even really need to put much into it because amongst the medical community it just becomes this referral system of hey work with this you know what i mean like yeah that's what they that's what they want to know is if another practice is saying hey they're great yeah you know let them work with you so um And and, and it'll blow my mind sometimes, like when we do our quarterly meetings. And I'm sitting in front of a room of 20, 30 of the most brilliant physicians here in the Atlanta area. And what I'm saying, that they're hanging on every word, like it's some type of brilliance. And I'm thinking, you guys have no idea. You know, like you're the, the incredibly brilliant ones here. But it's humbling, you know, at times to think, wow, if I can help them, it's an honor and it's a privilege because. I just appreciate so much what they do for people and, um, you know, just reminding them to really care and and kind of bring in that that relationship aspect with their patients too, which results in a lot of lives being saved. And so I feel like on a secondary level, I'm saving the world as well, which, you know, that's – When we do a campaign, this month was was Colon Cancer Awareness Month, and it kind of got botched because of everything that's going on. But last year, the increase of our colonoscopies was such a large increase. And I'm thinking, think of all those people that may have been saved because of the marketing effort I put out there. You know, and it it gives me such a sense of satisfaction.
0: You know, okay, so I I find myself saying this a lot to you already, but I (laughs) I, I love what you just said. I want to go back to something else in a minute. I'm going to keep that somewhere in my head, and I'll try and get back there. But okay you connected what you do ultimately to saving lives. And um, Mm -hmm. there's going to be somebody out there that's like, come on. I mean, all you do is marketing. And yet what I love is, is first of all, it's the absolute truth. Because without you being able to to help those physicians get in front of the right patients, they Mm -hmm. wouldn't and and people would die. But Mm -hmm. uh, did you, was there a point in time when you felt like, when you began to see that, like, a, as the reality, like, a, as part of what's really driving you, that it was more about just your business or just helping physicians grow their businesses, w- was there something, or was sure. that there all along?
1: Sure. sure. Well, and, and to tell you how I how I initially got into the medical field, because I started off, my first job out of college was I worked for the NBC television station in Greenville, South Carolina. I, you know, I initially wanted to be on air, transferred over to the marketing, I mean, to their sales department, started working with businesses Um, And when we hit that, you know, that recession way back then when everybody tanked, I saw that the only two areas I was going to work in from now on out was either, you know, the law field or the healthcare world, because those were the two staples that didn't, you know, quite get affected as much by any type of economic disaster. So I started off first working with a prescription assistance program. And that is, to answer your question, that's when I first started seeing the impact I could have. Because taking calls and hearing from people out there who otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford their medication and would have ended up in extreme health you know issues Hmm. just simply because they couldn't afford this medication and this program was going to help them and now they can take their meds like that opened my eyes to wow i'm I'm making a huge difference you know Mm -hmm. and that program also donates to children's miracle network hospitals so you know once a a quarter or so, you'll see me doing a big check presentation from the efforts of this program. And I'm like, wow, when you see those big numbers, like the last check was the Children's Health Care of Atlanta. It was over $80,000. And when I look at that, I'm like, wow, that was our team here in Georgia and the work they've done. And then on top of that, the medications that people have been able to afford, like it all comes together and you feel like, wow, I truly do have a part in this. And I truly am saving the world through the talents that God's given me. And, you know, you have to see it that way. And that we all have our place in this world that we need to find it and then go as far as we can with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's money. I mean, again, you know, understanding that we have been created with a very specific set of gifts and talents. And you and you and I may share some of the same talents, but the way in which you've been equipped with them and to use them is far different than the way I have. And I love that, 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 that that's such an important part for you. So, so hearing everything you've said to this point, watching again you from a distance online, you seem to have a significant amount of self-awareness. Uh, and so I don't think that started in 2019 uh, when you went marathon chasing. So where do you begin to trace uh, that back to, I mean, was that something that you were brought up with, like really understanding yourself? Like, where does that come from for you? And how do you continue then to work on it today?
1: I'll tell you, I mean, I can tell you exactly where it came from. And about 10 years ago, you know, and I've shared this story, I actually spoke in Atlanta a little while, a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago, about this journey. And it, it, you know, it comes from a place of, of losing everything, um, being completely humbled, you know, like regaining that, that appreciation for the fact that, you know, like we can't do this all on our own. We do need an incredible amount of faith to, you know, and and, and people to help us. And you know, when you truly have that faith, and you build that confidence within yourself, and you overcome all of that, then you, you just live with a sense of a gratitude and this sense of, you know, I'm I'm, I'm nobody, right. It's just by God's grace. And it's just by people who extend opportunities and people in the past who have invested in me that I've been able to accomplish anything, you know, and when you get to it, when you, if you've ever experienced something like that in your life where you're just so incredibly humbled and you go all the way to the bottom, then your whole life perspective is different and changed. And you just walk around with, you know, just such a sense of gratitude. And I think that really just changes everything and makes you realize You know, it just takes one incident and you could be nothing again. You know, like, like we are all walking on the clouds, depending, you know, on our faith to keep us going. And, um, you know, that, that's I think where a lot of the self-awareness comes from.
0: Yeah. man, that's so good. Um, again, that's, that's, that's one of those rewind moments to go back and listen to. Um, again, I'll tell
1: you, this is, this is how it translates to today. You know, like, If you've never been poor, if you've never had struggle, then you're in more of a struggle with anxiety today, right? Because everybody that's ever been there and overcome it and grown, they don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back there. But I know that if I do, I can rebuild everything I've accomplished. And and that's a whole different mindset of, I don't want to lose everything again. I don't want to go there again because it's not fun. But it's that confidence that, you know what, I can rebuild it again. Yeah.
0: And if you don't, even, even if you don't rebuild it, you have such a greater sense of appreciation for just life in general, because mm-hmm. of what you've seen yourself accumulate, what's around you, the people that are around you, you know, and, and where it's, you know, and where you're at in the moment, you know, for me, I mean, you know, so I, um, uh, my dad cheated on my mom at six years old, left us, we were pretty poor. My mom worked two and three jobs. So you think I would have learned some things then. Um, Fast forward yeah. <laughs> all the way to um, at four, at four years into my marriage, I, we almost got a divorce. Uh, Fast forward and farther than that, we got crushed by the 2008 recession, ended up yeah. losing our house and just you know so much ruin. I experienced huge personal tragedy uh, being involved in a mass shooting in 2017 and lost one of our close friends. And so, you know, every single time, right, it it is, it's always this opportunity to learn and grow. Um, I think the one thing and something that I've heard you say that is something that people need to understand, especially going through what we're going through right now. Because almost everybody is going to come out with some scar, some cut, some struggle from this pandemic. And for the people that haven't, it hasn't hit them yet, it's going to, right? I mean, we've got a year, year and a half before we probably fully recover, um, as long as things go in the right direction. But I feel like we are so quick to get out of the problem that we're in, just like. Lord, just, just deliver me from this and get me back into the light. Just, just give me back all my stuff. Let me, let me become successful again. I think we miss out on all of the learning opportunities that end up, if we're not careful, putting us back into a problem all over again, even if it's just one that we're all causing ourselves and it isn't a global issue, right?
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I think right now, you know, like in being in healthcare, I'm seeing from the inside you know, like the challenge and and it's hard not to come home and panic and get anxiety because I'm hearing what's really happening and what these physicians are really seeing and hearing and you know I almost know too much. But at the same time um seeing how they are overcoming this. Like for instance, for the last two or three years I've been telling my, my practices, you have to have telemedicine. Like we have to have it. And then hear this hit, no one had it, and guess what we were in a mad scramble to get, right? Yep. Telemedicine. And um, they literally, I'm so proud of the work we've done. We literally got it up and running within uh, like a week and a half, you wow. know. And now we're sure, but now the patients have to learn and, you know, now it's a learning curve, but at least it's there. But this now, as they're starting to see the possibilities of, wow, even after this is over, we can continue to use this to reach like the rural areas to. And, and what's happening is all these people that were resisting technology and resisting innovation now having to be forced to use it, like think of what we're going to get to when this is over. Like we're going to be so much more efficient, so much, like even teachers are saying, I don't know that I want to go back and teach, you know, at school, I think we need to do a mix here of being able to teach virtually and, and give the, you know, and like, it's all going to be changed and for the better. And so you're right. Right now, we got to look and say how, you know, like, how can we use this struggle right now? And how are we growing it? And in that aspect, it's kind of exciting, not to mention that families now are reuniting. And they're like, wow, how much we've been missing, you know, Mm -hmm. we're actually having dinner together, there's no sport. How important are these sports when our family's never together, you know, like, maybe we need to cut it back some once it comes back to normal, like, And the family structure is the heart of everything. Hmm. So even if all this does is rebuild that sense of family and how important it is, that alone will change everything. Hmm. Uh, Which
0: which is kind of where we we launched. So what what have you been able to do? I mean, it sounds like you're raising your kids well. Um, I've seen your daughter. Uh, you know, jumping in on video with you. I know you guys have a (laughs) podcast together, which is just amazing. I mean, you know, people say, oh, how cute, but she seems like a a really sharp kid, which is just going to take her, you know, so far. But have you found yourself, uh, maybe even learning from them, but have you found yourself being able to take advantage of teaching opportunities in the midst of even uh, this season of life for them as they're being forced to slow down? Or was that just kind of always the
1: rhythm? yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, already, you know, it's only, we're only going on the second week, but, you <laughs> know, we? I'm brutally honest. <laughs> yeah, I know, seriously, we're there, I mean, I'm I'm brutally honest, I'm like, especially this, the first week, I mean, we were in the mad dash, like I said, trying to build out this telehealth, trying to do all the business from home, there was, like, school was a second thought, you know, so yeah. they, I was very open and honest, I said, you guys, right now, I can't help you with your school, like, mm-hmm. I've got to keep this going so we can keep our house, keep our, you know, like, that right now is pressing. Mm-hmm. And once I get this in better, then I'll be able to come help you. So if we gotta put some of the schooling off, I'm sorry, but you know, that's priority. Yep. And so they've been really kind and gracious, and you know, and I've told them, I said, right now I'm totally mom failing as homeschool, but you know I will come <laughs> around and I will figure this out. So be patient with me as I evolve with this too. You know, And it, it, it was rough. It was really rough the first week. It's a little better this week, and I think by next week we'll be getting into a pretty good rhythm. But I think all in all, just I'm really open and honest with my kids Mm -hmm. about my weaknesses, about my strengths. And, you know, and I think it's opened up the door for them to feel like, you know, whatever they struggle with, they can always come to me because I'm never going to look down on them because I'm really opening about what I struggle with. Mm -hmm. And there's never this sense of, you know, you have to be, try to be something you're not like, just be real, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know? Uh, I have an 18 year old daughter. She's uh, i have two daughters, an 18 year old and a 10 year old, but my 18 year old is a senior this year. And so here oh, she that's is.
1: Tough.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, probably going to lose prom, probably not going to walk in graduation. Oh. And so she's been struggling and, um, um, you know, we had this kind of blow up in our house the other day that they're very, very rare, but she lost her mind because she couldn't go see her boyfriend anymore because I told her, yeah. like, we just can't have you going somewhere else. We just don't right. know who else is cross contaminating. And right. so she lost it, you know, this virus is ruining my life. And, and so, you know, I'm like, look at like, and we've been trying to say this. I got a little bit too uh, energized as I was communicating this to her, but I'm like, look at like, you know, people are dying. And we need to put that in perspective. And that doesn't devalue, you know, what you're going through. Like I, myself, I mean, I'm very public about this. I mean, I lost five figures in monthly income in a week and a half period as the result of this happening. Just crazy. Right. And so, and so she's like, yeah, but you know, that, you know, you'll get that back. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Like, you need to understand this, like, whether I will or not, Like, it's easy to project that onto other people, but like take that on yourself and understand that you will get through this too. So I think that, I mean, one of the reasons I asked you is just because I think that there's such a great opportunity for us to learn from one another in the midst of this too. Even from our kids, you know, like they're experiencing this in a far different way than we are. I like that you're very open about like, I'm just not going to kill it this week, you know, for you in school. And it's just going to have to be okay. So,
1: yeah.
0: you know, yeah. that, that's really, that's really, really good because I think too much, um, you know, for somebody like yourself, um, it would be very easy for kids to look at you and be like, man, mom is really successful. She works really hard. She's fit. She does Ironmans. Like I've got a tall order to live up to, but I think right. because you're able to just be super open and honest about, where you're good and where you're not, then it's giving them permission to just live their life instead of trying to live up to yours.
1: Well, yeah. And you know, at the same time, I I really think it's important like with your daughter and it sounds like you, you communicate that too, is that we do go into their world. And we realize, like my son, for instance, they had a horrible basketball season. Soccer season started off incredible. Like they were on route to go to state. I mean, they had the best team ever. And when this all got cut off, he was like so depressed and sad because that was his world and you know, his drive and his excitement. And and at that age, that is everything, you know? And so we have to extend, and that's what I always say with parents of teenagers, you have to extend that grace, you know? And, and then for our, our our daughter that's in college, this was her freshman year, she's had the best year so far. And for her to have to pack up and come home and say bye to all her friends and and go from being independent to now coming back home and not just coming home, but like being quarantined at home with all the rest of these kids. Like I realized that's going to be a huge adjustment for her to go from, because it's, it's an adjustment period from the time they come home in the summer, having been off at school. But then to come to this extreme where she can't even go see her friends, she's going to be stuck with the kids. She has to finish her school online. Like I, in my mind, I was prepared to for her to come home and have a struggle and be like, man, this stinks. And, but surprisingly, I mean, I've been so impressed by her maturity and, and you know, how, how gracious she's been so far. But, yeah, you, you, you still have to put yourself in your kids' shoes and yeah. think, man, you know, this is hard for them in their own way. And in, on their level, it's just as big of a deal. It really is. And so, you know, we just have to have open, open communication about these things.
0: Yeah. So. No, absolutely. <clears throat> okay. So um, here you are um, uh, doing the mom life. Doing The best that you can seems like you're doing a great job and trying to keep up with, you know, your own um, mental health and personal well-being and running a business. We're in the midst of this kind of challenging, not kind of in this very, very challenging season of life. So where, where is your, where are your kind of like top priorities in terms of uh, you keeping it together, uh, sustaining this time? But coming out like a rocket as soon as everybody
1: kind of starts to breathe some fresh air again. Sure, sure. And I'll go back to like so. Here's how I view the whole family, the whole family work health collaboration, and that's really probably the biggest platform that I like to discuss and hopefully influence people on. Is it's totally a seesaw. I totally picture a seesaw, and I tell my kids, "Do you even know what a seesaw is?" I don't think they have those anymore. <laughs> um, you know, they're not safe, but. You know, if you try to go for the balance, which is a scale perfectly balanced, you're always gonna feel like you're you're failing, right? Because it's there's gonna be maybe one or two days out of the whole year that it's this perfect balance. Mm. But you you gotta realize like it's a seesaw. So one day work's gonna take priority, like I told my kids last week, you know, this week the seesaw's here for work. Then you know, then it might go up more for family and work might be down and I have to be okay with that. And you're just as long as you keep, you know, teetering it. And don't let it stay up on one spot too long. Um, then, then you, that way it's, you're, it's easier to give yourself a break and realize, you know what? Cause I was traveling a little bit too, before all this hit. And I just had to realize, you know, kids works up this week, but as soon as they get home, I'm making homemade cookies. We're going to go do this, this, and this, and then explain why work is up because I'm trying to, you know, save for college. I'm trying to, this is for you. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sacrificing. I might miss one of your games, but it's actually for you. Mm-hmm. And, and the physicians, you know, I really coach them to do that too with their families. Is always remind their kids growing up that I'm I'm saving lives, but those people aren't more important than you. I'm doing this for you, mm-hmm. so that we can have a healthy community, so that I can provide for you. So that's how I handle you know the family work life. I call it collaboration instead of balance because it's just everybody communicating and coming together and, and you know teetering that seesaw. And, and giving yourself a break, because otherwise you could be running around feeling guilty all the time. Yeah. Because I have plenty yeah. of mom feels, believe me. <laughs> I, I think we all get them, and I think
0: that it's one of our greatest opportunities to, to um, give ourselves grace, but also mm-hmm. to learn, to extend patience and humility. I mean, uh, God knew full well uh, that uh, I needed children, uh, to, to really push me to be a far greater um, uh, person in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I've been super duper thankful, you know, for every single challenge that we faced as a family and we've gone through some very difficult times as the four of us. Uh, and then individually, you know, there's just so many challenges on a day in and day out basis. And I think when you're living in all these different domains, I think, as you said, you know, it, it, it isn't, a, I say it's not about balance, it's about perspective. And, you know, as, as you just look at things in, in, in what's in front of you, I think it gives you such an opportunity to grow, to learn, to develop and to help other people do the same thing.
1: And I'll tell you, here's what's freeing for you, even now as you have a teenager and then you'll have another one coming up. All, you, you really have to take all the pressure off of you, too, as to how they turn out and as to how the decisions they make. Because, you know, we've had some humbling things happen to our kids that they've done that we're thinking, well, what do people think? You know, like yeah. they must think. But it's not that. That's pride. That's pride if you think, what do people think? The truth is, all we can do is point them in the right direction, yeah. And and you know, really accept when we mess up, be open and honest about it. But then at the end of the day, it's their decision to make yep. the right decisions or not. It's not on us. So it's very freeing in the sense that when they make wrong decisions, it's not on you. It's not on me. Yeah. And we, um, but also when they make right decisions, don't get prideful and think, "Ooh, what a good parent I am." No, it's still I still give them the credit for it. Yeah wow, you know, you're out there making those good decisions. It, it really doesn't have to do with me. I'm not taking the credit for that yeah. at all. Just like I'm not going to take the credit when you mess up. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it's very free, but it has to be even. And, and all I can do is point them, not push them, point yeah. them. And then it's their decision to do, you know, and to, and to get out there and, and either do right or wrong. And that is extremely freeing when you embrace that.
0: Yeah. You know, so I'm a pastor of a small church here in the area, and uh, often I'm counseling parents that are struggling. And I say to them just that in this very short way. I say, look at, I say, you know, the worst parents in the entire world can raise the most amazing child And the best parents in the entire world could raise the spawn of Satan. You know, it it really is like, we are called to do the best we can in every situation and every opportunity that God puts in front of us. But at the same time, We aren't in control. We don't have control of that. And and if there is anything good that is ever in my kids, I mean, it can go into all the ways that I've tried to screw them up over the years. And (laughs) and I always say that it is it is nothing but by the grace of God that my kids have turned Mm -hmm. out as good as they have. And yeah, we you know my wife and I have had a part in that, but only again because of the work God's done in us, not because of um, you know some awesome thing that I learned on my own. So yeah, I mean that's that's such great wisdom right right
1: right.
0: okay so uh we're landing the plane and as we do so i'm interested to kind of hear uh so do you um i'm afraid to ask this question but like what's next for you i mean i feel like you've accomplished so much 2019 was a monster year there's some unknown right now obviously but do you have any kind of Big thing on the horizon? Do you do you see yourself stepping into something else, or do you just really feel like continuing to build your business and your family is the focus?
1: Well, I think you know, as as long as we and and it's funny, I was on a, a podcast yesterday with um, Heather Parody. I don't know if you know who she is, oh, yeah. but she's like myself, and, and we both just feel like we have this because she asked me the same question, and we just both feel like we have this big calling on our lives, um, you know, to do better, to do bigger, to do greater. Not that we're not doing it now. But I think just having that calling and and being open to that is what gets you there. Mm -hmm. Because I told her, she's like, where do you see yourself? And I'm like, I don't see the end. I, when I go in my prayer closet every night, what I see is like just these clouds in front of me and I'm walking on the clouds, which means I have to keep my focus up. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm just going to go and keep going and it's amazing how the opportunities continue to open because I'm not trying to plan it. I'm not trying to work it. I'm just open and, you know, but pursuing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing is just to keep moving, especially during this time right now, no matter what challenge, you know, you're facing the whole point here is just keep moving. I don't care how slow it is. Just keep moving. Cause the minute you stop is when depression's going to set in you're gonna start going backwards. So just keep moving right now. And that's my message to everybody. And you know, know that it's like I said, have the respect. It's gonna get hard. It's gonna get tricky. Um, but ultimately, you know, I I want my voice to be out there bigger and broader, to to bring more light to like the things we talked about, because I truly want parents and families to have this sense of the work family health life collaboration. Like you don't have to give up one to have the other. And and truly, the most wealthy people at the end of their lives are the ones that have learned how to collaborate all this together. And, and, and as carrying your family, you might move a little slower towards your financial goals. But when you get to the end, you're going to have everybody with you still. And that's what matters. Yeah. And so just to spread that message. I mean, it's the reason we started our podcast. It's the reason I'm on LinkedIn. It's the reason, you know, I'm seeing how social media is so powerful to spread these messages of help and hope for people. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep going with it and, you know, praying that God continues to bless you and, and, you know, that I'm open to learn from all these challenges that are going to come.
0: That's amazing. And I think that's a great place to stop. I mean, I, um, as I've observed, you know, you, I think we've probably been connected for about a year now online and just, you know, watching the, the words that you speak, the way that you carry yourself, um, just the tenacity that you have and then now being able to hear a little bit more of that firsthand today. I mean, I just appreciate a voice like yours because I feel like there's a, you know, uh, the world is full of inspiration and motivation and so much of it Mm -hmm. just falls on empty, uh, you know, uh, emptiness. And, and yet you, um, you just deliver. And so it's awesome to hear. And thank you so much. I mean, I just appreciate everything you've said today, that last bit about just continuing to move. I mean, I think it's it's such a simple practical thing and yet so profound for so many people. So Joyce, thank you. I really, really appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much. And, um, you know, let's definitely stay in touch. It was a a privilege to be on your show today. And I hope someone can take away just a little bit of inspiration from this and, you know, to keep moving forward and to make it through this because we're going to come out so much stronger.
0: Yeah, no, I I think it'll be more than just a little bit they take away. So I want to make sure people are able to connect with you. I will put your LinkedIn profile into the show notes. Is there any other way that you prefer people reach out to you? If anybody has a question, thought, concern.
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram at jmcadams5, and then you have to go check out our podcast if you think it's something that would resonate with you, and it's Raising a Boss Babe, and it's on all platforms, so you can go find it, and we get into kids and money, kids and social media kids overcoming yes. challenges, divorce, bonding a family, like all types of stuff. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, something for everybody.
0: I'm going to send that to my kids today. I mean, I, my,
1: my 10 year old listening to podcasts.
0: Yeah. And, and, and she would dig it. Um, again, I, you know, I've been able to listen to a few and just, I, I love the dynamic that you guys have. I mean, obviously mother, daughter, just, produces such a, such, such a great word anyway. So again, thank you, Joy. I just totally appreciate everything that you've shared, what you're communicating. And um, um, yeah, I just, I look forward to continuing to be connected. So thank you.
1: All right, until next time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hope so. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right, guys. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. As always, look for contact information to Joy in the show notes. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, and you want to reach out to me, please do so. I appreciate every moment of time you spend listening, tuning in, watching. Until next time, take care. Talk to you soon.